Welcome to DevCast Culture. I'm your host, Sherry Elliott, and I'm excited to be here today with our wonderful guests to discuss a topic that is often overlooked when we think about discrimination. Today, we're going to be discussing ageism and working across generations. First, I want to introduce our great group of panelists here today. We have Christy Porter, who is Director of Talent Acquisitions here at Dev Technology, Monica Evans, who is also a business analyst in the BD department here, and also she's a member of the Steer Committee for Dev's Denison's program. We have Todd Dorn, who's a program manager for one of our contracts. And last but not least, we have John Bobo, senior technical lead and one of the co-chairs of Dev's Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion program. Welcome, everyone. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks, Sherry. So ageism, working across generation. In today's climate, a lot of times we hear we have a myriad of social justice issues that are the focal point. However, ageism is rarely one that you hear a lot about, but it's definitely a concern in the workplace. Just last year, the EEOC received over 20,000 charges of age discrimination. So it's definitely a concern. So when I looked it up, just to see what it meant. It says prejudices, stereotyping, and discrimination on the grounds of a person's age is what ageism is really classified as. It can be institutional, interpersonal, or even self-directed. But what is, I want to ask you guys, what is ageism to you? And what do, what do, what do you think it is and what does it mean to you? And we'll go ahead and start with um, John Bobo. Hey, thanks, Sherry. It, it, it is an interesting topic. And, and for me, I always look through it with the lens of, of IT. And, you know, I've heard the expression that uh, educational shelf life in IT is maybe five years. Um, and I think that that's probably an old statistic. I, I think it may even be three years or less. And so I think sometimes it's, it's easy for people to get a bias uh, on either end, if you're maybe incredibly young or if you're on, on the older side of things within the IT field, just because of educational shelf life and how quickly things come out. So I think for me, it's that bias uh, of assuming someone's uh, you know technical capabilities based solely on age. And so that's kind of the first thing I think of within IT when I think of ageism. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, what do you think about that, Todd? Well, you think of ageism and I'd say what comes to mind is being denied some sort of an opportunity because of your age. Now, whether that actually happens or whether that's true or not, I think sometimes that is a matter of perception. I mean, when uh, what, what John had said, that uh, you, your shelf life is, is limited in IT. Well, what, no matter what age you are, if you're not keeping up to date with the latest technology, the latest and greatest, then your shelf life is going to expire no matter what age you are. That's very true. We always have to make sure that in whatever field, and not just IT, right, anything we're doing, right, we need to keep up on it and make sure that we integrate with it and keep up with the times so as to, you know, not fall to the wayside. And that can happen at any stage in life. Um, Monica, what does it mean to you, ageism? Yeah, I agree with John and Todd, but, you know, it is a little different for me in corporate, um, not taking that technical stance on the, you know, the daily happenings in the workplace. For me, it's it's pretty similar to, you know, the dictionary definition. It's when someone is being unfairly judged based on age. So that in the workplace, you know, that is something that I don't really see has relevancy because, it's not a factor into one's individual, you know, ability to do their tasks. 
Yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, a lot of times they say statistically ageism can go both ways, right? It's on the younger spectrum and as well as it's on the more older spectrum as well. It can happen at any stage, really. And a lot of times they say, though, when people look into it, saying that someone won't be able to fail their task or do it more diligently or prudently or give the same level of energy, it's basically very unfair to assume that because everybody has their own work ethic and how they put forth. And so age doesn't determine that. What do you think about that, Christy? Um, yeah, that is that is an excellent point. And I think for where we are in talent and recruitment, we see ageism as an assumption that based on an age that you lack the ability to do something specifically. Um, and we always have to be careful in recruiting that we don't create job descriptions that are age biased or document lack of experience in a way that is age biased. And I think in the workplace, there's also a lot of self-directed ageism, and that helps kind of support and perpetuate the perception of what people are like at certain ages. And so whenever you're generalizing about a group, rather it be that they're young or old or whatever, it's promoting a stereotype and therefore not meeting your end goal of looking at people based on their soul abilities. That's interesting that you pointed out that you guys try to take that extra step to not create job descriptions that actually have age bias in them, but what would that look like? I mean, are there key words that and phrases that people should be looking for to say that this um, description is definitely saying that they don't want someone in this range or the other? That is a great question. There are a few things that you can look for. Um, You want to avoid things like we're a young team seeking uh, someone who wants to work in a fast paced environment or things like we are looking for fresh talent or we are looking for, you know, there are words like that that kind of convey, oh, you might be dated or aged out of this position because you won't be able to keep up. Maybe you're not tech savvy enough. You know, the phrase tech savvy, as uh, John and Todd brought up, might be something that we want to try to avoid to encourage a wide range of applicants, people who are capable of doing the work, no matter what age they're at. Exactly. I mean, but then some people may say, is is ageism really an issue? So I was recently looking at this article in Forbes, and it basically said that there are basically five generations currently working in the workforce. So you have the traditionalists, the baby boomers, Gen X, millennials, and um, Gen Z. So if you have such a broad spectrum of folks currently in the workforce, right, the most ever, How can we actually say that ageism is a problem in the workplace? What do you think about that, Todd? I really don't think ageism, I can only speak personally, I do not think ageism is a problem in the workplace place. I think it ha- it may have something to do with either people. I- I'll give you a good example. One of my very first jobs, I was a COBOL programmer, everybody. So that was, if you could look that up if you, but I had a, it was like one of my first jobs where you're not, you know, just kind of working like summer type jobs. And I was in, still in college. My manager who was sitting there in front of me said, Todd, I'm, I'm 45 years old, 20 more years of coasting and I can retire. And I'm thinking to myself, 20 years, or if, if anybody was going to coast for 20 years, it doesn't matter how old they are, somehow they're going to get stale. And at some point, it's going to be noticed they are not stepping up and they are not getting the job done. And uh, then that they'll claim that's ageism. But is it or is it somebody just not somehow really doing what, what they can and what they should. Right. So you're saying don't use it as a scapegoat, basically. That's right. I feel you. What do you think about that, um, John? Well, I I think that's a great point. And also, I, I feel that I've been very fortunate to work in uh, you know industries or fields where it's results-driven 
and versus optics driven. And, and so for me, so far, I, I've not, I can't say I, that I've experienced a lot of ageism, but it, sometimes it's hard to tell too, right? Like with anything, it's hard to really see what is driving a potential bias. But, but I've also not worked in industries where the optic is, is upfront and, and important. Um, but I have, I can speak to what I've seen with my parents who would fall under, what was it, the traditional generation? Was that what it was called, Sherry? Yes, it was. I think so. Okay. I've, I've heard it called other things too. Um, Silent Generation. I think there's maybe a few names for it, but when they've just a, a brief, very brief background on them, they've always owned their own businesses and they've never made a killing, but they've made a living as, as, as they describe it. Um, so as they've aged, they've had to have, you know, odd jobs, um, you know, along the way. And I've seen them, you know, miss out on opportunities uh, because of the optics of it. So, you know, if you have like, a, you know, pick on a Panera Bread, but this is a real example, you know, my mom went in to apply and, you know, you've got high school kids and, you know, they, they chose to pass on, on my mom, you know, who definitely, she's owned her own restaurant at one point. So I would say it's, it's an understatement to say she has experience, you know, in, in the restaurant industry. Um, and, you know, why did they pass? Was it, you know, the optics of, of having somebody 75 or older there, you know, who knows? Uh, but it, it definitely, um, I know there's been times where they, they felt uh, that it has been an issue for them. Right. I can see that, you know, sometimes people feel that if you get young, younger, that they're going to be more energetic and keep a fast pace but could potentially bring on other concerns to deal with. And then they feel on the other side of it, well, if you're older, yes, you have experience, but now you may not be able to keep up. But the experience really can be more invaluable than the fact of whether or not I can fulfill, you know, 15 orders in three minutes. You know what I'm saying? So those are things that they need to consider. What do you think about that, Christy? Do you really think it is an issue that um, ageism? Um, you know, ageism is an interesting topic because I think it's one that people don't realize that they're committing phrases to phrases or to ideas or to um, stereotypes that are ageism because sometimes we say in positive ways, right? We have these little sayings in our society and in our culture with age comes wisdom. Um, oh, the energy of youth. And I think that those sound like compliments. And so it's easy to see commenting on someone's um, stage in their career, their age, whatever, um, is a safe place. But then we always have to be careful about making assumptions. And um, ageism can even happen even when you're not early in your career or later in your career or making a career change later in your career. Um, when I was in my 30s, I started a second degree and I said, Sat in a classroom full of students right out of high school and uh, had to ask one of them how to turn on my MacBook. I had never had a Mac computer before. So, <laughs> and I can tell you, I got a lot of razzing and a lot of people were like, oh, the old lady in class doesn't know how to turn on her Mac. So, so um, you know, and, and, and yes, that's funny. But also when you think about that in the workplace and you think about what that means in a work environment, um, I think it's an easy one to slip into that we don't realize we're doing, um, that we're putting these ideas on people before really taking a step back and saying, can they do the job? Do they meet the requirements? Um, are they capable? Our brains never stop learning. We are always moving forward. We're always developing. We're always growing. So are we looking at the wrong things and prioritizing incorrectly by taking a look at age as supporting that um, can they or can they not do a 
do a job in the workplace. Right, exactly. And there's two things you said that I actually want to bring to the forefront. First, you know, you mentioned the fact of the old lady, so you called yourself an old lady. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's, you know, a lot of times I know that we can also project certain things on ourselves, right? Right. In terms of the the words and the phrases that we choose Um, and saying like, oh yeah, I'm an old lady or, you know, I'm getting older or, um, you know, things of that sort that can actually cause people to basically provide acceptance or to basically say, okay, yes, well, she says she's old, then I can certainly look at her, you know, as that. And then on the other side of that is you can be a involved in ageism from the standpoint of you can be a senior level person, but maybe not look it. So, or on the other side where you're someone that maybe looks a little bit more mature than you are. And so then you get flagged for, you know, being young, you know, too young to do certain things when you do actually have the experience. So it can come in so many different formats. Monica, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think, you know, the combo of what you just said and Christy kind of hit the nail Um, on the head of what I wanted to say, because I think from Todd and John's perspective, that could be true. But I think with ageism, there's like a spectrum of how it can come across. Um, You know, obviously, an extreme side of the spectrum would be actually not getting positions, right? Or really feeling um, like a negative consequence, um, you know, of someone denying you that based on how you look or, or, you know, the knowledge of your actual age. And what I was going to say is that I think what happens more often is just the unintentional ageism in the workplace, right? The comments, again, as Chrissy said, they could be taken lightheartedly in a joking fashion. Um, That's been my personal experience. And I know that, right? I know that at the time that it's mostly in jest, but, you know, whether it was when I was in the educational field or now in the IT field, right? Talking about um, my age or how my appearance, right? So there's some overlap, I think, for me in like ageism and gender bias, right? But how I look, how I appear, an expression I might use, none of that has any relevancy for my job, right? And my ability to execute my job. So I think that's um, the bigger issue at play with ageism is that it's these little biases and stereotypes um, that often take place without an, a level of awareness. Right. That's true. It's funny you said about the gender bias, too, because another article that I was actually reading from AARP, they were actually talking about how 72% of women between the ages of 45 and 74 think that people face age discrimination, but only 57% of the men in the same age range thought so. So I think that's an interesting right. point, you know, that you bring that up because it does cover like everyone could will be or could be impacted by ageism at some point in time. But can you think of a time, Monica, since we're talking with you, um, where basically you feel like it made you feel some particular way or it affected you adversely? Or basically even the times that you just mentioned, like how did you feel, you know, when they made the jokes, even though you say you knew it was in jest? I feel feel like a little bit of a negative Nancy now (laughs) because I do have quite a number of experiences um, with this at at another company. Thank goodness. Shout out to Deb. got to the point where co-workers were making so many jokes uh this was before your time oh you know oh you wouldn't understand that things like that where and it was a small company and um i had you know a healthy relationship 
with the CEO. So it eventually, yeah, it it did not feel good, you know, and at the time, it took a a certain level of professionalism to, you know, brush it off, keep going, you know, let's just stay focused on the task. But at at one point, um, I did have a personal conversation with the CEO. And I just said that I don't believe that has a, a place in, in the workplace. And that's not, you know, short of, you know, a, a, a formal complaint to HR, you know, that's not how I would like to be treated. And that, again, my, my gender, my voice, my age, you know, do not directly impact the job that we were doing. And luckily, at the time, uh, you know, my, my conversation was met with good reception. Okay. Did you say your voice? My voice, Sherry. Okay. <laughs> Yes, I have in another job prior to um, I did not have any responsibilities for manning the phone or anything. But they said because I had a pretty young voice that they wanted me to record the company's voicemail. Wow, interesting. Very interesting. Christy, what do you think about that? Some experience where you or someone you know experienced ageism? I, I tend to agree with Monica. And, and it's interesting because I, I've always looked a bit younger than my actual age. And when I started out early in my career, there's kind of like things that are assets can also hold you back, you know, being outgoing, being fun, being being young, being exuberant, being all those things can also kind of put a stereotype on you, right? About what your actual abilities are, what you're what you're actually capable of. And it's I relate a lot to what Monica's talking about when you start when especially when you're starting out your career. And it, it probably delves into some other areas of bias as well. But I think we always have to be very careful about respecting people for their individual talents. I think we have to always be careful about not making assumptions. And these are things that we teach our kids every day, right? Like don't make assumptions, don't assume, don't don't think because you know somebody who's kind of like this person who acts this way that that's how that person is. And so it, it, it carries over into when we become adults and when we're in the workplace and it's really easy, you know, millennials uh, have had a rough time of it and I am probably guilty of it as well as, you know, kind of, you know, lumping people into these groups of this is your generation and this is this is what you're like. But I, I always try to be very careful to be like, that's that's a that's a generalization and that's a stereotype of a group of people based on their age. And that is very dangerous because everybody is an individual that brings their own skills and talents. Um, and that is what we really want to avoid at all times is generalizing and stereotyping people based in those groups. Right. I agree 100%. Um, Todd, what about you? You have any experiences where you've had uh, ageism impact you directly? Oh, I was, uh, I was trying to do a run around the local lake, you know, trying to just, you know, get in a little bit better shape. And somebody says, way to go, old man. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, these are one of the things where, you know, you, you just you just laugh it off. But I think in the workplace, you don't always know whether you're a subject to ageism. I mean, if if you don't get a call, if you've applied for a job, you don't get a call back. It's because 
well, you know, maybe you're not qualified or is it because they, they started doing the math and so like you, you had to answer like, well, when did you graduate from high school or college or something like that? And they start doing the math and they, they, uh, they think there's, uh, that's why they're just not going, that's why they're just not going to call you. But there are some advantages also to ageism. I will talk about a dev technology project that we were involved with. This is uh, a transcription of documents for the Smithsonian. We uh, had a, the whole company did a, a project where we were transcribing documents back from the, the uh, 1860s, 1870s. And uh, we kind of did this as a group on our project. And we would put this document on the screen and people would start typing what they saw on the screen. And what happened was, is a lot of people said, I can't understand that writing whatsoever. Yet other people were fine at understanding that writing. What we essentially came to the conclusion was the writing at the time in 1860s and 1870s was all cursive. And older people were able to understand that completely. This is how you learned how to read and write back in grade school. Others, the younger, had a much more difficult time of it. I thought that was interesting. And if ever the, the time comes to, to understand cursive writing well, at least I know I have that nailed down. That is a great story. I remember that project and it was a great for us to work on it and help scribe some of history's events um, here while working at Dev Technology. Um, John, what about you? Um, have you had any experiences with ageism? Well, you mentioned your parents earlier, but what about you personally? Positive or even some that may have impacted you a little more adversely? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of cringing to, <laughs> to say this because uh, my examples so far have probably been on me being seen as a little bit younger than I am. But the reason why I'm kind of laughing at myself is I am going gray. So by the time this airs, it may, people might look at my pit like that. I don't know why he's having that problem. But um, so yeah, it is what it is, right? Uh, but no, it, the, the challenge has been, I, I think, kind of like your typical challenge of, you know, trying to lead a team. Um, and and if there are people that it depends on the culture of the company and and uh, same thing as Monica said my my comments are not reflecting Dev uh, it's a, it's a prior company that I was at so uh, just d- definitely want to state that uh, so that that's been kind of an ongoing challenge of just leading people and and being seen as a certain way because if you look a little bit younger uh, you know they can make some assumptions around uh, experience but probably the 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 story that stands out the most didn't it, it impacted me personally but as 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 a manager and i had a resource that you know i think it's a really important point to stress is that ageism can be combined with other types of bias that's out there and and it can be really rough on the resource so in this particular case very very bright young female developer that was, you know, trying to get into, you know, really get into a technical, you know, Java developer. I mean, trying to really be as technical as you can be. And because of her age, and I feel because of her gender, it was it was an uphill battle for her. And so I, I kind of became, I did become really a champion. And, and it was, it was a problem. I, I really went into it kind of hoping that it, there wasn't going to be as many challenges uh, as there as there was for her moving forward in her career compared to somebody uh, that maybe was of a different age or of a different gender. So so it, it is it is real. Um, it was tough to navigate. It was tough on her. But I think the the long way through it is just to show that the work that you produce is is of quality. And you know, that's how we got through it. But it definitely took well over a year to kind of get get 
her scene as as uh, you know where she needed to be in terms of um, her perception from other people. Yeah, and it's funny you used to say that because I experienced that with another company too, where the, the young lady was a great developer for SharePoint, and she actually wound up leaving the company. They lost it because she was not getting the respect. So it's definitely an issue, like you said. But the one good thing is, like Christy started off when she first started speaking, is that that's not what we do here at Dev Technology Group, right? That's one of the things like we're constantly on the move and trying to make sure that we provide a very diverse environment and it is cohesive for all. And so, Christy, I just want to ask you, like, what are some of the other things you mentioned a few things earlier? Well, how does Dev address that, um, you know, across the board? Uh, yeah, no, that is a great question. Um, and there's a couple things that we try to do, Sherry, to make sure that um, that when we're having conversations, especially about candidates, right? That So that's kind of where, where my team and I live is making sure we keep ageism out of our job descriptions and then out of the interview process. And then, of course, out of the evaluation process. And we're actually going to um, launch a new training program uh, this year at the end of 2021. And bias is going to be a big piece of that. We have someone coming in to train on bias and ageism will be a part of that bias training. And that goes down to just, you know, everything from really thinking about how you word things when you are putting down your comments on a candidate, right? Like when you're doing your pros and cons, when you're trying to figure out if a person's going to be good for a role, you know, age should not come into that. Um, you shouldn't be thinking things like, well, they're going to retire soon on me, right? Like, I don't, why are they even applying for this? They're, this is beneath them. Well, that's not your decision. They, they may want to do a career change. They may be okay with the cut in salary to make that change. They may not be ready for retirement. Those are, their decisions. And what we have to be careful of is that we are um, saying, okay, this is a great candidate. They are, they meet the dev culture. They have the right skills and abilities. They have the right soft skills um, and competencies, and they're going to be great in this role. And the same thing when you're looking at folks out of college, folks who are starting their career, there's not a lot to go on there. There's not a lot of experience and requirements, but there's always you know, the soft skills and core competencies to fall back on and the capability factor and, you know, looking at them in terms of their abilities. And so those are some of the things we do in the recruiting process to try to kind of see all the way through that we're keeping bias and, of course, ageism out of that process. Right. So what are some of the, I want to just say, what are some of the things in general that we can do? Um, and this question is going to be for everyone um, that we that we think we can do individually and as a company to address the systemic problem of ageism. And so we can start with uh, Todd. What do you think? You know, I think what's interesting is so many times I'm, I'm hearing that people say, well, people are making comments about this and people are making comments about that. Uh, a lot of this has to do with the, the leadership of a particular project or a particular team. Uh, I could tell you the projects where I've managed, there are two things that we talk about. We talk about the project. And if we're not talking about the project, I want to know why we're not talking about the project and everything else just doesn't matter, quite frankly. If you want to talk about other things, that's fine. Let's just do it off of work hours. And uh, and I think trying to set that sort of example, like, okay, we're trying to move things forward. Let's worry about that. It sort of gets people thinking, well, maybe I really don't have to make some of those, those smart aleck comments or, or something like that. As far as what we can do and, and, and what we should do, first of all, how old is the president of the United States? 78. How old was the guy who he beat? 
75. All right. So, uh, you know, there are some people, obviously, some people think that it's okay to have somebody who's a little older in uh, specific positions or in specific jobs. Uh, I don't know if it's always going to be as blatant as, you know, well, we're not going to hire you because of your age or whatever. But then that's when it's time to say, okay, well, then why do I really need to associate myself with this company? We've already heard some folks in this panel say, well, I made a decision to go somewhere else. And I think that's perfectly fine. And that's what the marketplace of ideas. One of the things that, you know, the example I could give would be if you went to your local store and uh, you were going to pay $4 for a gallon of milk and that's been fine. And then one day they decide they want to charge you $40 for a, a gallon of milk. What would you do? Would you protest? Would you write to the newspaper? Would you get whatever? Uh, or would you just go down the street and then buy that milk for $4? It's the same principle. The only difference is you're not buying when it comes to trying to get a job. You're, you're selling. And, and Christy could probably certainly talk about that. You're trying to sell your services, uh, what you can do as an individual are you able to do that job? And the right employer is going to care. That's all they're going to care about. That being said, you know, milk will expire and so do job skills. And therefore, that's going to be up to the individual to do that. When uh, one of the things I did on researching this was that was that for the, some training for ageism, they will say, well, a lot of older people are afraid to learn new things and, and therefore they kind of feel you know, trapped or whatever. Well, then that's more about self-improvement. That's, that's not about what, how other people feel about you. That's how you feel about yourself. Right. I always make a joke and say, you know, if some, sometimes I would joke myself and say I'm getting older and things of that such. If someone calls me old, then I get a little huffy and I always say I'm not getting old, I'm getting better. So that's, that's the principle that, you know, people need to carry. Either way, I'm not getting old, I'm getting better. Um, and I think from a perception standpoint, if we can deliver that, that would, you know, help to get us on some of the right courses in order to work towards alleviating ageism. What do you think, Monica? What can we do individually in the workplace? I think that it was mentioned a little bit back, but I, I think that oftentimes it happens without awareness. You know, if it's on not the extreme side of the spectrum where you're not, you know, actually getting jobs or tasks that you want due to your age. So, you know, if it's happening without awareness, I think the key is to have awareness, is to have awareness on a company level, right? And through podcasts like this, through continued talent acquisition um, initiatives to remove that from our hiring process, um, just an awareness that, you know, this can happen, it can take place, and we don't want it to. And then on a personal level, right, that same level of awareness, a level of awareness and a, a certain intentionality with our words, right? Because as this topic and other ones in, you know, culture can can prove that words have words have meaning, words can have a deep impact on somebody. So we just have to be aware of that and realize that the words that we are using can give people, you know, permission to either speak to us or that person a certain way or to speak to others in that in a certain way. So I think just continued awareness, intentionality when we're speaking with our coworkers 
And I think Todd has a good point that if you're discussing the project, there's less room for that. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. What do you think, Christy? Yeah, I think that ageism, stopping ageism in the workplace probably starts with giving ourselves grace. I think we tend to, as humans, we tend to always be looking to improve and then tend to be a bit critical of ourselves and full of self-doubt. Oh, I'm too young and nobody takes me seriously. Oh, I'm getting too old and I can't remember anything anymore. That's, That's my favorite one to tell myself. (laughs) all the time. Uh, My brain just isn't what it used to be. Is it because I'm old or is it because, you know, I've got so much more going on now and it just can't all fit in there. And so give yourself some grace. And then when you stop thinking of yourself in those terms and using terms like that outwardly to other people, then other people will start seeing you in the light that you want to be seen in. And then of course, always think about, you know, is what I'm saying adding value? Is what I'm saying to this person true? Is what the assumption I'm making within in the context of, you know, what's important about getting this job done, getting this project done, ask yourself those questions. And I think that that is going to get you pretty close to avoiding all biases and, and, and all of those stereotypes, not just ageism. Right. Exactly. That's very true. John, what do you think? Well, you know, I, I keep thinking back to something Christy said earlier uh, around the generations. And so it is interesting how we all get hit, you know, whether it's through mainstream media or even just sitcoms that we watch or just, you know, really benign sources, right? You know, nothing but bad intent. But every generation gets gets a, um, uh, a reputation uh, of some type. And, and it actually doesn't change. It doesn't really evolve too much, right? You, you kind of get labeled and then you just live with that your whole life through your generation, it seems like. At least it hasn't changed for Gen X. I'm a Gen Xer. Um, I, I can't say that I've seen anybody do an about face on millennials or Gen Zs um, and, and same things, uh, you know, maybe for my parents' generation. So it's kind of funny how, you know, you might be 20 something when you get that label and you live with it for the rest of your life. So, you know, that's just something I think to be aware of and, and to maybe uh, not to place too much emphasis on that, but it, it definitely does start the, the process of having a potential bias. Um, and then the only other thing is like with any of a type of bias or things to be aware of, I think just having things like this, right? A podcast, and you talk about it, you, sh- um, you shed light on it and you look at it. Uh, and that just helps you when you go out into the world um, and, and interact. I think it helps you to be more uh, aware of it. Right. And that's very true. I mean, because to your points where, you know, we get hammered on all these ever, other forms of medium from social media and, you know, watching the news and whatever else podcasts that we listen to. But yet it seems as though, like I said earlier, ageism is one of the bias or discrimination factors that people don't discuss that much. They talk about all the other ones, right? Race, gender, sexual orientation, religion. You hear about those, you know, in droves, but yet you rarely hear about that. And I wonder why, like, you know, have you guys ever really thought about what do you think about why it was overlooked and not really been in the forefront for so long? Is it because of what Todd said earlier? How do you prove it? Um, How do you identify it? And then at that point, if you do think that you're a victim of ageism, what do you do to stop it? I mean, Monica, she took some steps. She talked to someone at a previous place and was able to get action. But what do you think about that? Christy, we'll start with you. Yes. So I think if you do feel like you are, if you're an applicant 
and you feel like you are being not given an opportunity based on age discrimination, some of the steps that you can take is that you can take a snapshot and a copy of the job description that you are applying for. And you can, you know, take a look and make sure that you do meet the requirements of that position. And you can forward it back to human resources at that company. And you can say to human resources, you know, I feel that I've met the requirements of this position and I'm not getting clear feedback on why I'm not um, eligible for this position. But I was asked some questions about the year I graduated or the year I graduated college or high school or it, you know, I was given some indication that perhaps my you know, place in my career um, has caused me to not get this job. Um, even though I meet the minimum requirements, I, you know, HR and talent, we don't want those things happening. So if someone feels like that they have received an indication of that, we want to make sure that we're able to address that. And then, of course, same thing in the workplace, right? Like there's a reason why we have, you know, we have great leadership here at Dev and, you know, and an open door policy. And I think, I don't think any subject here at Dev is off limits to discuss with HR or your manager. And, you know, Monica is a great example of, you know, you have to self-advocate and make sure that you're being heard. Absolutely. I agree 100%. I mean, we've heard some great things today. We've talked about some good topics. You guys shared some very personal stories, which was fantastic. I always like to take the humanizing approach, you know what I'm saying, to really drive home different uh, social justice and other uh, concerns and things that we need to be looking towards and trying to fight against and moving things in more of a united and collaborative environment wherever we work and live, it should be without any forms of bias, right? Thank you all for joining today. And I appreciate all your comments. Um, And this has been another edition of DevCast Culture. I'm your host, Sherry Elliott, and we'll see you next time.